This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to The Real EFL League One Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at all the wonderful action that England's third tier has to offer each weekend. It was another game week filled with massive twists and turns at both ends of the table. There were some huge results in the race for survival and it looked like nobody wanted to stake their claim for the title on the other hand. We're here to discuss all the major talking points from the weekend's results as League One draws ever closer towards its conclusion. There's so much to get through, so let's not waste any more time. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and I hope you all enjoy the following episode. If you do, please leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It would be greatly appreciated as we attempt to reach as many League One lovers as possible. So now, without further ado, let's get into the action. And of course, I won't be on my own to delve through all the weekend's events. I'm joined today by a man who had to endure yet another dismal result live in the flesh, followed by what can only be described as an intense Thatcher's drinking session. It's Ivan Newsome. Ivan, hello. How are you? I'm quite good. I'm not too hungover, I'm actually, hmm. uh, which is quite good. And um, yeah, I mean, watching Carlisle lose again, not seeing us win still, but I'm thinking it was the first time I've seen us go ahead this season. So that was at least a bit of a positive. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's too many other positives that can be taken at the minute. That was a positive. Do you just like stay in the same drink all night? But about do you try and mix it up? Um, do you go for, go, for, go for spirits at any any point? I, well, yesterday I was mixing cider and lager, which probably wasn't the, the smartest thing in the world. But, Eight uh, points back in the day. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, not, not after a game, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't move on to the spirits. I think I've been quite smart yesterday. That is very smart. I'm also joined today by a regular on the League One podcast who will be feeling a little disheartened by the weekend's results. It's Reading supporter Johnny Hunt. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, good. I look, that's what it is. And we've got Carlisle next week. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's, that's mm. going to be a, t- a tense one for the League One faithful. For the it League is. One podcast faithful, I should say. <laughs> it's not going to be, t- no. be tense. Is it? It's going to be a ready win. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't go there. Let's see. Let's get through this week. The first game we're going to discuss this week is what was a massive result at Bloomfield Road. And of course, that is Blackpool 4, Bolton Wanderers nil, or 1, sorry. Ivan, you're going to kick us off with this one. This was a pretty big result for both teams because Bolton Wanderers were hoping to kind of close the gap to Portsmouth at the top of the table. 
especially after Portsmouth drop, dropping points against Charlton Athletic, they failed to do so. Whereas Blackpool picked up a huge three points for their own hopes of getting into the playoffs. Talk us through this one, Ivan. Yes, I mean, it's, I was going to say it's a freak result. I wouldn't say it's... Well, it is. So, I mean, they've beaten a team that were third 4-1, but mm-hmm. it's every time that I've tried to write off Blackpool this season and they, they then get a result like this, I think a couple of weeks ago it was... Um, did they draw with, I think, drew, drew with Oxford and lost to Stevens? I was like, that could yeah. be their um, playoff chances gone. But then back-to-back good wins, isn't it? After beating um, Peterborough in the league, I know they did lose in the cup, but I don't think they'll be too annoyed about that if they can get in the playoffs. And it was a good performance by Blackpool. I think Bolton, I don't know if you can say it's a blip in form for them, but they don't look as strong as they did maybe at points in, well, the last stage of 2023. Mm. But Bolton, I mean, they'll be annoyed they've lost, but luckily Portsmouth and Derby, we'll get onto that in a bit, both didn't pick up maximal points. Um, I think Blackpool just needed to bounce back to, uh, well, from that loss on, uh, was it Tuesday or when? It was Tuesday night, wasn't it, to Peterborough in the EFL uh, Trophy? Because they want to still have something to play for in a season. Like, if they'd won, if they won that at Wembley, then... I suppose you could maybe give it a, well, you yeah. could call it a semi-successful season, but I think they had to bounce back and they've done it in a um, in fairly emphatic uh, fashion. It was a bit of a statement win, I think, that they weren't ahead uh, originally. So George Thomason put Bolton 1-0 up and I think Blackpool fans would probably been quite worried as that was just after was about 10 minutes. But that lead didn't last too long. Uh, seven minutes, in fact. And smart free, qu- uh, free quick free kick if I can get my words out. Allowed Jake Beasy some space and he covered a beauty into the top corner. It's a really good finish. Um, I do think the game could have panned out after that goal quite differently had it not been from a wonder save from Daniel Grimshaw in the backfield net to Nipon Varsen from close range. And that was probably uh, the momentum shifter, I think. Um, Marvin Ekpeteta would then put them ahead shortly after, bundling the ball in the net. Didn't matter how they go in. And um, yeah, it was it was going quite well for Blackburn. It get even better after um, Ricardo Santos got sent off for Bolton, stopping an obvious goal uh, goal scoring opportunity, and BC would then convert the subsequent penalty. That's Santos's second red card of the season, and it's, his, it's his first the- game back. By the way, he's been I, out since they lost to Blackpool in the EFL Trophy on penalties. I think that was the end of January. He came back in Ian Everton and was, he was building it up saying, oh, we might be back, he's back in training, he's training really well. And you're thinking, wow, that's a big boost for Bolton. And then bang, first game sent off and he's now out. And he's, and he's gone, and he's gone yeah. again. Um, but that's his fifth, it's his fifth record in the last four years. Um, and I think, they, I don't know, I think Bolton fans might feel a bit hard done by, but I don't really think they can because it's an obvious, it's an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Um, and yeah, Blackpool comfortably three went up, playing against 10 men. Jordan Lawrence Gabriel would add a fourth, or Gabriel, sorry, would add a fourth late on to secure all three points. And that's potentially going to kickstart a late tilt for the playoffs for Blackpool. They're now just four points off of Oxford United in sixth, and they've got a, well, I, I love the term six-pointer. It's probably my favourite term in football. Tuesday night, they're playing um, Leighton Orient. And I think that that game, uh, Blackpool v Orient, whoever loses is definitely not making the playoffs this season, whereas the winner... I can see. I, I think Oxford are a tiny bit vulnerable in um, that's in sixth currently. So I think Blackpool will be looking at them um, to target Bolton. Stay third. Nothing much changes there, but it's a bit annoying. For, well, obviously, I 
it's obviously annoying for them not winning, uh, not even getting a point, especially as Portsmouth did. Mm. And they are seven points below Portsmouth with a trip to Wigan on Tuesday, which I also don't think is an easy game. Definitely not an easy game. And I just want to say this is their fourth league defeat since the 20th of January when they lost to Leighton Orient. It's their first loss in all competitions since losing to Blackpool when uh, Ricardo Santos was, was, was limped off or he picked up an injury. He's been out since then. He gets sent off and he's out for another few games. I just want to give a shout out as well to Karamopa Dembele, who picked up two assists. That was his 10th. He got, so he, that brings his tally to 10 assists for the season. He was absolutely excellent for Blackpool. And I think he's been brilliant all season. No player created more chances during this game than Dembele. Dembele was when he was at uh, Celtic. You saw videos and, and stats of him being tweeted out almost every week that he's, you know, he's on. 9,000 goals in five matches or something stupid. And, you know, it, you get that a lot, but it was the same with like Chavi Simmons, etc. But I, I specifically remember Dembele and I think, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, you're putting so much pressure on such a young guy and mm. he kind of, he, he kind of, I don't want to say he dropped off. He he just went under the radar a little bit, went to Blackpool. He's done absolutely brilliantly at Blackpool this season, in my opinion. As I said, 10 assists this season, fantastic. One of, like just, Again, two assists on, on, on Saturday against Bolton. He looked just brilliant. Really, really good. Um, next up, as you said, Ivan, for Bolton Wanderers is a visit to the DW Stadium as they face Wigan Athletic. And then they have a game at home against Cambridge United on Saturday, which Cambridge could have potentially a new head coach in the dugout. We will wait and see. Um Regarding Blackpool, that's their second consecutive win in League One. Their playoff dreams are well and truly alive now. They face Leighton Orient away on Tuesday, which is certainly not going to be an easy game. And then they face Shrewsbury Town away from home on Saturday, which will be you know, based off the result on Saturday, which we'll get into shortly. Doesn't look like it'll be a very easy game, especially since Paul Hurst has taken over uh, the Shrews. Johnny, over to you for our second game. It was the Cambridgeshire Derby. Uh, 1-0 Peterborough United. They beat Cambridge United. Managerless Cambridge yeah. United, I should say. We used to. We'll actually. We'll 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 start off there before we get into the actual events of the game. Were you surprised that Neil Harris left for Millwall? Because there was a lot of understandably angry supporters, I suppose, that he went back to Millwall. And I know there was a couple of articles going around by. I won't name the publications. It's fine. I just don't want to plug other people's work <laughs> without their <laughs> without their consent. But there was a lot of people talking about how. Loyalty is dead in football, and Neil Harris has now taken charge of three different teams in one year, which you're not allowed to actually do as a player. You're not allowed to play for three teams in a year. You're allowed, you're allowed sign for three teams in a year. You're not allowed to play for three. You can only play for two. Uh, he has now managed three teams in a year, all in different leagues. So you've Gillingham in League Two, you've Cambridge United in League One, and now Millwall in the Championship. And actually picked up a huge win himself on on Saturday against Southampton at the St Mary Stadium. But anyway, Johnny. Were you surprised that he he decided to go back to Millwall, or do you think it was it made sense for him? Oh, it's it's kind of his, his home club, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. a team where he's had the success. Um, you know, see, you can't blame him. But as a Cambridge fan, like you now they're onto the third, well, possible third manager this year. Um, his results were mixed, I guess. You know, in his time there, and something like two two months, I think he was there with the mm-hmm. club. Um, which makes, you know, looking at some of the names mentioned, I think Michael Duff, Rowett, Gareth Ainsworth as possible, you know, people in for the, the 
permanent job at Cambridge. It's going to be a huge appointment because they're not out of safety. They they could get dragged very much easily back into it again after you know they were floating above it for a while and, and wrong decision or you know not the right fit for the club um, could have bad you know bad bad effect on the team like yesterday yeah Peterborough Peterborough themselves they, they played a bipolar football team they, they go for these runs where you know I think it was, um, poor league defeats but they had the the the, the trophy winners. The, the semi-final bit against yeah, get to, yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a big one for them. And then to get the win yesterday, you know, they deserved it. They they created chances. Archie Collins hit the bar and and um, Parker had was, two sitters as well. Yeah, yeah. And the, the goal itself was like it was poor goal to concede from mm-hmm. a Cambridge point of view, where everyone left it for everyone else. It was like, you know just a, a normal cross into the box from the left. Um, from the right foot, you know, going in towards the goal, but it just went straight in. Um, you know, everyone took no responsibility, and but they deserved it. You know, they that that's that's how you know a team. You know, they get a result like that. Um, yeah, Cambridge, you know, Cambridge huffed and puffed, put the effort in, but really didn't have you know huge amount of chances to get back into the game. So. Um, yeah, Peterborough now, I think we've got a run. We've got Exeter, Northampton, Burton, Stevenage. Um, that, that's going to be huge for them because they, you know, they've slipped down to I think, fifth now, four points off, yeah. second, four or five points, and, and they've got a game in hand. And it's, it's like we're at the, the, the time of the season now where pretty much every game is almost a six point a game, if mm-hmm. you want to call it, isn't it? Because there's so much things can change from week to week now where, um, you know, is this now going to be the rebirth of Peterborough to catalyst to go on to the next level again? Who knows? It, it's I actually, possible. I actually think they did so much damage in that recent run of form that even now, like after yes or after Saturday's results, where Portsmouth Derby and Bolton all drop points, they're, they're, they still are way off. I mean, they're fourteen points off Portsmouth. I know they've two games yeah. in hand, but we're at the stage yeah. of the season now where I'd, I'd I'd actually rather the points than the than the games in yeah. hand. Yeah, and I, I just can't think, see that. Yeah, second maybe they could you know they could get a run in, but I th- I think it, you know the teams go through bad runs. Um, it it, it will be, you know we've got twelve thirteen games to go. Um, it's so hard to pick every time I come on there. You, know, you think, oh, yeah, they're on a run of form. They come back on again and then they've gone out of form and somebody else has come on again. So, but like they'll take that yesterday, you know, especially as a local derby um, away from home. Um, Cambridge will be, you know, licking their wounds and going, what, what, what's next? What do we need to do to get, you know, make sure we stay out? That's their priority. And it needs to be a right choice of manager for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe someone like, I, I, Gareth Ainsworth might be a good fit for them. Um, whether we want the job, whether we want to do League One again, I don't know. But it, it's someone that sees a vision there with Cambridge. Well, respectfully what, you know, to Gareth Ainsworth, I don't think he'll be doing Championship again for a while unless he takes a team up based on his time at QPR. So I actually don't think it's too bad of a shout. And I think it probably the, the style probably suits him a little bit. That kind of dogged football, direct football, you know. Yeah, and budget-wise as well, I yeah. think he's good at working with a club that you know that's very you know has very limited resources, and he gets the team playing for each other um, and the spirit. So, yeah, you know, and I, but I think they have to make a decision fairly quickly. The games yeah. are flying 
through now so that, you know, they can't afford to leave this for too long. You know, two weeks is a long time in footy. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, Valerian Ismail is reportedly also available after he was sacked at Watford. I know this. I know this <laughs> is a, a League One podcast, but what are Watford doing as a club? I find it absolutely bizarre. They handed him a new three-year deal in October, and they've already sacked him. They are not going to get to the playoffs this season because the squad's not good enough, and they're not going to get relegated. And yet they've decided now, at the end of February, to reportedly relieve him of his duties. Again, I know it's a League One podcast. You don't want to listen to me talk about championship teams, but I just find Watford as a football club and the ownership of the Pozzo family absolutely bizarre. Anyway, for Cambridge United, Barry Corr took temporary charge at the game at the weekend. Mm. He is from your neck of the woods, Johnny in Wicklow. He used to play for Kilcool, uh, or a club in Kilcool when he was young. I think he's from Newcastle County, Wicklow. Uh, originally. So he's he, he took charge, but unfortunately he did lose. They... Uh, that was actually Peter United as well, their first league win in six games. Yeah. They are now three points above seven. That was a big, big win for them, especially because Oxford United dropped points too. They now face Exeter City at home on Saturday. It's one win in five for Cambridge, including four losses. They are just five points above the relegation zone. And they also lost 5-0 in the reverse fixture earlier in the season. So it's not been a, a good season for Cambridge fans in respect to their, their, their derby, or to the Cambridgeshire derby, because they've lost. I think they've lost three times now this season, isn't it? Uh, yeah, do they have them in the car? They did, remember. yeah. They've lost, they've lost three times now to Peter United this season. So certainly the season's yeah, forget. So that's all the Cambridge fans turn office now, then, aren't they? Going <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, probably, I probably won't say this then. I was going to say, who's their one win in their last five against? Is it against uh, Carlisle? Bottom of, the, bottom of the league, Carlisle United. Wow. <laughs> it is Saving actually against Carlisle. I have that down. Sorry. Yeah, it is yeah. against Carlisle. Yeah, so not a great run of form. Hopefully, whoever takes over, whether it be, it might be Core, you don't know, or it could be someone from outside, whether it be an Ainsworth, etc. Hopefully, he can get them going again because they're in a, a tricky bit of form now come the end of the season where teams like Cheltenham and etc. are picking up points, you, you know, and it's anyone can fall into that that that. The final two places, I should say, especially if if a team, whether it be Port Vale or someone goes on a, a run of form, then everyone above them is looking over their shoulder, living dangerously. For Cambridge, they face Stevenage away on Tuesday and then Bolton Wanderers away on Saturday. That is an awful uh, week of fixtures. Two games I certainly wouldn't fancy playing if you're a team on a dreadful run of form. Next up. We have another game at the top end of the table, and that's between Bol- uh, that is between Barnsley, apologies, and Derby County. Barnsley picked up a massive 2-1 win over Derby County. I think if there's anyone who won at the weekend in terms of like the, the table, it's Barnsley, because everyone above them dropped points. That was a big, big win for Barnsley. Sonny, actually, Derby took the lead in the game. It was Sonny Bradley latched on to a, a cross from a corner to head it in. It went through a couple of bodies as well, which is quite... Just I don't want to say poor defending. I know it was difficult to defend, but I actually thought the corner routine itself was pretty impressive because he started right at the back post and he kind of curved his run a little bit to the inside. Ball came across, got in front of his man, heads it in. It's almost cleared off the line, but the defender manages to kick it into the net. There actually was a goal line clearance earlier in the game as well. I think it may have been... Sonny Bradley headed it to Aaron Cashin at the back post and he kind of steered his header towards the the goal. He kind of loops it in and then 
just on the line is actually Cadden. Nicky Cadden, he managed to clear it off the line, but unfortunately from a corner at the end. A few minutes later, Derby take the lead. But then, 15 minutes after that, Adam Phillips scored, I, I mean, I don't even think it's close, goal of the week, goal of the weekend. I don't think it's close. Chests it down, volleys it with such thunder. It was an unbelievable strike to equalise for Barnsley. And then he gets himself on the score sheet again with the winner. He's came up clutch. I hate that phrase, but it came to mind. So he's he's come up come up clutch. He's come up clutch anyway in the last couple of weeks because he actually scored a brace recently there as well to win the game so late on in the match. So it just I think it was against Leighton Orient. It was against Leighton Orient at home a few weeks ago, only four matches ago. So that's two braces now in four games for him, and he scored both of them so late. I think it was the 89th and the. It was, it was probably the second or third minute of stoppage time against Leighton Orient. And then today scores another brace. He's been absolutely extraordinary in the last few matches for Barnsley. They have now moved 10 points behind Portsmouth. Are they in a title race? I mean, they're in the conversation, surely. No? I, I was just going to ask, do you reckon they can realistically get automatics this year now? I think they've got to... Well, they've a game in hand. Yeah, they've got to be targeting it, to be fair. I know Alton are three points ahead of them as well, and they've got a game in hand over Derby. But, yeah. I mean, I've got a bit of an opinion on Barnsley because when we played them, they looked absolutely awful. I but, just remember you were steaming that night after the penalty decision, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to think about it again, but we should, we should have got a point out of that game at least. But I just didn't think they looked very good. And they've been very... Well, I think probably out of the out of them, Bolton, Derby, I don't know about Portsmouth, but they've been the most consistent over the last like five, six games. So yeah. I I can see I don't I can see them um it, it'll be close. I think if Devante Cole can get get plenty more goals for them, I don't know how he can write them off, but like if you thought about this three weeks ago, I don't think anyone would have probably said that they'll get automatic promotion this season. Whereas yeah. now you look at that and Three points to Derby. I don't think. I think ten points to Portsmouth. A bit too much. But then again, two games in hand on them. Who knows? And as you said at the start of the podcast, does anyone actually want to win League One this season? It's crazy what a few wins on the bounce can can do for a team. Because a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Peter, Peter United for the title, and now we're mm. saying that they're fourteen points. And I know they have two games in hand on Portsmouth. But as I said, I'd rather the points now at this stage of the season. They're fourteen points off Portsmouth, whereas. Barnsley are 10, you know, maybe the title might be a bit of a stretch too far, but automatic promotions, only three points, and they have a game in hand on Derby. Only three, they're definitely in the conversation, because three points is nothing for the automatic promotion spots. Um, they've been brilliant as uh, as of lately, and, and also they have only uh, lost one game in the last 15 matches. So you said, Ivan, they've been brilliant over the last five or six matches, but one defeat in 15, oh, it's even longer yeah. than that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, really... Good uh, run of form. They also have the, I think, the joint second most goals in League One. Only Peterborough United have scored more this season than Barnsley. Phillips is now on six for the season. I believe I saw a stat as well on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it last night that they have picked up something like 18, 19 points from losing positions this season, Barnsley. And last season it was three. And that kind of tells you that, that, yeah, so that tells you the difference between, but that being said, it's also not a good thing that you keep going behind in certain games. Like Leighton Orient, 1-0 down, they came back and 1-2-1 on Saturday. 1-0 down, came back and 1-2-1. 
at this stage of the season, I really don't think it, it matters. I think just win, winning matters. And if they are able to come behind, then it's a sign that they're they're certainly able to just keep fighting. You know, some teams go 1-0 down and they or they concede a goal and they're absolutely crushed. Uh, you know, like Carlisle, for example, Ivan. But mm-hmm. other the Barnsley are able to, to fight back and they've done really well. And as I said, only 10 points off it. I think, I don't think they'll win the league titles. I think I just I just wanted to pose the question to the group. But automatic promotion, yeah, they could. Only three points. Ivan, over to over to you though for uh a team that are just on a bad run of form. I mean, I want to just read out some stats before we before we get into it. Des Buckingham has been in charge for nineteen games in League One with Oxford United. He has five wins, seven draws, and seven losses. That is desperate. They, they they average they're averaging something like one point one two points per game, and I ran the numbers. And if that continues, they won't finish inside the top six. If you know, I don't think that's a, a shock to anyone. Ivan, they lost again at the weekend. Even after taking the lead through Tyler Goodrum, they lost two late in Orient. What a win for them! Talk me through this one. Yeah, this was actually probably the game that, well, apart from going to watch Carlisle play, that I was most looking forward to. The, and I don't even look forward to watch Carlisle play, but I was looking forward to seeing the outcome. <laughs> Is I know, like you look at, was it um, Derby Barnsley? I probably grabbed the headlines of the game of the week, but I yeah. think this one was very intriguing based on the fact that if Oxford won, then well, I think that would have eliminated Orient from any sort of contention. Whereas Orient winning blows the whole thing wide open, um, and it was an absolutely huge win for them. And I think it's it's fairly well deserved. I I've got absolutely nothing against Oxford at all, but I've kind of wanted them to lose recently because they've got. Is it like four draws from their last five games or something like that? I just don't think they're convincing enough to um, to be in the playoffs this season. Um, sorry, Oxford fans. They have five team. draws in their last seven, actually. They have five in the last seven, yeah. Ox- Oxford seems to be the team that I'm going to moan about this week. But um, I just don't quite think they've got enough, not even firepower about them. It's just, I. you look at... <sighs> I don't know, you look at the rest of the teams in the playoffs currently, Bolton, Barnsley, Peter on their day, but Oxford, I don't know, like Steve, below them, Stevenage, Blackpool, they've all got something about them. Oxford, I just don't quite mm. get that same um, that same impression from, but um, it's an incredible job by Leighton Orient again. Richie Wellens has been amazing this season and they, they have been winning and also losing. Um, Orient, but they're, they're well in the in the fight, and they look one of the stronger teams in the playoff hunt currently for me. Um, yeah, Oxford were unbeaten in six before this, um, but just one of those was a uh, a win. Uh, as you mentioned, Tyler Goodrum scored in the twentieth minute, quite a nice little flick, um, and they go into half time one up. So I think for Oxford it was fairly positive. But what you said about Barnsley coming from behind, I feel like Oxford always go ahead and then. Let a goal in, or two goals in this case. Um, yeah, Orient were five back and started the second half far better. The two, Oli O'Neill got the equaliser for them. And you said about goal of the day a minute ago. I think this one has got to be up there. Not passing, the brilliant. The finish yeah. is yeah, finish is good, but it's the passing and the build up. Mm. And like watching, even watching the highlights, you're looking at Orient. And you're like they are playing some good football. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great bit of build up for that. And then um, George Monker then gave them all three points for the cutting finish to keep their playoffs uh, chances alive. I, I mentioned earlier that it's a huge game 
against Blackpool on Tuesday night. And here we go again. I'm saying the word six-pointer, but that is a six-pointer again. You're thinking Orient can go with it, a win there, and Oxford lose. Uh, Oxford playing on Tuesday? I'm not totally sure. I don't no, they're, they they're not playing. They're playing on Saturday against Portsmouth away, which is awful. Uh, yeah, not a good one to be uh, not what a good one to be following up against. But so Orient got the game in hand. If they win that, they'll go three points behind Oxford. If Blackpool win, they'll go one point behind Oxford. So I think Oxford is definitely. I mean, as you'd expect, they're the team in sixth. The team mm. that everyone below them will be looking at. But they just have to get some wins on the board if they want any sort of chance of making a playoffs this year. Draws aren't going to do it because there is going to be someone out there. I know three teams below them: Stevenage, Blackpool, Orient. I don't think Lincoln or Northampton can catch them up in because they're what nine points behind. I mean, mathematically they could. I just don't see it happening. Sorry, Lincoln fans seem to. Think yeah, they, I was going to say will. like we've got so many Lincoln fans on the podcast, so probably going to send me an angry message. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I who knows? They could go on a run, but um, yeah, I just don't. I don't see Oxford as a playoff team this year. And as you mentioned, trip to Portsmouth on Saturday. It's not not an easy game, and although we'll get onto it later about Portsmouth, I still think they are. Well, I, I think they'll beat Oxford fairly comfortably. To be fair, yeah. I just want to before I ask you this question, Leighton Orient, you know, somehow or, or well, I don't want to say somehow because they've deserved it. They've earned their right to be in a a playoff race, and they definitely are. I don't even think it's a conversation now. They're only six points behind Oxford United, and they have a game in hand, and you know, like a win against against. Blackpool then on Tuesday, they face Bristol Rovers at home on Saturday. You pick up six points there. That's unbelievable. I mean, they could be right up next to, to a Stevenage or an Oxford United. I mean, the, the job Richie Wellens has done, and I know he was manager of the month for January. He probably won't get it for February, but he's still done a stellar, stellar job. Mm. I mean, the fact that, that they're even in the conversation is crazy. Um, one thing they do need to do, if they, if they need to change if they're going to, I suppose, get into the playoffs is to either either score more or concede less because their goal difference is zero and you it would be absolutely devastating to lose out to lose at out the end of the season on goal difference I'd absolutely be devastated the question I wanted to ask you Ivan is before we move on has the change simply been Liam Manning leaving and Des Buckingham taking over at Oxford United that they've they've fallen off such a cliff because 19 league one games and five wins is not good enough for a team that want to get into the playoffs yeah, I mean, Oxford, I think under Manning, they were punching so far above their weight. And I think, wasn't their data like really not that good for a team that were... Did Manning leave when they were second or third, I think? Or they, were, he left... they were well up there, yeah. And then he, yeah, and he they, were fur- they were further up than sixth, at least. Um, and I just think like they did definitely ride their luck at points. Uh, I don't think it's down to Buckingham at all. But I do also... well. No, it is down to Buckingham a bit. I'm just going to contradict myself straight off the bat there. Um, I think if they if they had Manning, then they'd be a better team and probably a bit higher up the table. But uh, I do think a drop-off was just natural. You look at them, you look at even like Stevenage, you get to a point in the season where the, I don't know, the best teams or the teams you expect to be the best will, what is it? What's the phrase? The cream rises to the top or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's... Um, yeah, I just, I just think it was it was expected, but I think it's it's been worse than expected for Oxford. Mm. But then again, like if you said to any Oxford fan, like start the season, you're going to be 35 games into the season and you're sixth. Like they they'd take it any day. So yeah, I, I mean, 
it was it was one they might have seen coming after Manning went and yeah, I, I don't think they will get to the playoffs this season, but who knows? Any literally anything can happen with what eleven games for them yeah. left. And they're still somehow inside the top six, even with the dreadful reform they're on. I mean, mm. they've won win in nine and only because Stevenage have not been great in recent times, apart from obviously they picked up a big win. We'll get onto that soon. But other than that, they've they they should have dropped out of the, the top six by now, given that run of form. And just touching on that point you said about the, the drop-off was probably going to happen. I had so many conversations, I don't want to say arguments, with people about, again, not, not to bring up the championship, but when John Eustace left Birmingham City earlier in the season and everyone was saying, but Birmingham are they're six and they're inside the play. And I'm like, it is literally October. I can mm. guarantee you, and I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm in no way defending the ridiculous decision to get rid of him and appoint Wayne Rooney. Absolutely no way, because that was a disaster. But, Absolutely no way he was going to keep them in the top six. I guarantee you. They just wouldn't because teams, I, I say this in the podcast every almost every week, teams always resort to their mean. And Oxford United are unfortunately resorting to their mean at the moment. That doesn't mean they've done a, you know, it doesn't mean it's been a bad season. I just think because Manning left, Buckingham took over and then the spell started in that transition between the two managers. The drop-off happened. People now kind of associate Buckingham being the problem where it's I don't really think it is. But anyway, they face a trip to Fratton Park on Saturday in what is a huge, huge game. Johnny, over to you. Reading 2, Shrewsbury Town 3. Now, I've criticised Shrewsbury Town quite a lot on this podcast, if you listen weekly. Very regularly, I've criticised Shrewsbury Town. They have only scored three goals uh, three times this season. And both, or sorry, two against Reading. Um, thanks, thanks, lad. That's great. <laughs> just, yeah. that, that was a fantastic... Because when it happened, I'm, I'm not even joking, I, I I had to look up how many times they scored three goals in a game. Because can it, I just it, leave? It is it, is I, mean, it I, mean, I just I had to look it up because I thought, it must be a rare occasion this season, considering they are the joint lowest scorers in the division. And they scored just keep going. Goals. Just, just no, keep going, mate. I'm just... I'm surprised. <laughs> are you surprised? Because I know Reading are quite... They're, they are a young team and the, and the back line has been a bit inexperienced this season. And there was times like even at the back, you know, there's a couple of players do some silly things in certain duels or they don't go in strong enough or they get beaten easily. Were you, were you surprised by the defensive display or was it, or do you think it was, it was down to the youth of the side, especially the, the opening of well, six minutes to nil down. Do you think it was down to the youth of the side and that inability to kind of focus when starting a game? No, I'd be honest, like, yeah, in the past, but yesterday, you know, look at the, the goal. The first goal was kind of like, uh, they obviously, something they planned on the training ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Button probably could have done better. I think there's, a, there's a whole issue around Button as a keeper at the minute for us about, you know, his consistency. Um, did it take a deflection, by the way? They kind of, yeah. I think it did. Could have done, yeah. Anyway, the, and the second goal was, yeah, we were caught. I think, you know, when you, you let a goal in that early and, and you know, a young team, they're rattled. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they showed the character to come back. You know, it was, you know, two goals, Jordan Shipley and Tom Bayliss, 2 nil down after five minutes. And you're like, I think it's, I think a lot of Reading fans, not me, because I, I not, you know, too carried away because it's you know, where we're at, that thought, oh, you know, yesterday was going to be a, you know, an easy game. And there's no easy games. And it was like, well, <clears throat> they started off well. They, they obviously come out 
fired up and, and then but then we got back into the game, which is so frustrating. You know, uh Smith and Kelvin held Batman got the two goals. But then you know if you go in at half time two two, we're kind of, you know, the, looking ahead and thinking, oh, you know, we're back in the game. But then we get they they scored an absolute screamer, um, Tom Blocks, I think it was um uh, five minutes into his time. I don't know where the ref got it from, but hey ho, I'm just being, <laughs> you know, because they only gave four at the end of the game when there was like 20 minutes of them wasting time, but hey ho, football. Um, but the second half, you know, Shrewsbury then sat back and defended, and you know, they had the goal. Um, we couldn't break them down, we couldn't create much, we had one chance of disease. Um, it's disappointing, but the last time we played Shrewsbury where we were in the league and how bad we were after letting two goals in the 92nd, 95th minute. And, you know, we were in a really bad place in the league. So where we are now, you know, yeah, it's a blip. bit a, you know, we had a good result in the week. We can't, we can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It's where we're at as a club, like, you know, 11 senior players in the squad apparently. And, you know, we're having to, to juggle the, the team every week with, you know, Pretty much picking the same eleven, you know, um, mm. savages coming in for Craig or swapping one of them two for the other. Uh, we've got young uh, Wareham on the bench coming in, um, you know. So he's getting into the first team squad. It's where we're at, and that's what it is. That's you know, it's a frustrating result, but you just take it on the chin, and, and you know, we have to go on to the next one. We're, we you know we're both clubs now. You know, for Strasbourg, that's a great result for them. You know, no, both 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 clubs are five points clear of the relegation zone. Um, you know, there's other teams in there that you know are doing far worse. We we just you know we got Carlisle next week. We actually can afford to stay in the hotel and travel up before the game of the club, which is a big big breakthrough for us at the minute. To be honest, rather than having to do Carlisle home there and back in in the same day. <clears throat> um, so you know you you look at that and it's, it's the next big game for us. Like there's the, the, the team spirit and the unity and and and, and the battle in that team. Sellers has learned a lot of lessons since the start of the season. Change formation. And like, it's, you know, yeah. They're young, a lot of young lads, but they, they actually care. And I haven't seen a team care as much at Reading for a long time. Mm. You know, they may not have the experience. You know, yesterday we couldn't, we didn't have the creative spark in the second half to just, you know, do something because they were, you know, they were good defensively. Um, you know, Lewis Wing and, has been great. Aziz has been great. Um, Tyler Binden is a young centre back who, you know, had never played, you know, first team football. Came in and has done a great job. They're going to make mistakes. I, well, that, this is what I was going to say because the 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 goal scored by uh, was it was I think it was Tom Bayless's goal. He I think Binden was done by a little shimmy inside and he put it to the near post of the goalkeeper, which he. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the goalkeeper should have maybe spread himself a little bit better than he did. But anyway, he snuck it into the near post. But I just I watched that thing, and that's an that's an inexperienced defender who's been done there. The guy's come in, he's just he just quickly dropped the shoulder and, yeah. and he's been dummied by it. And I just think um it just it, it just showed. Yeah, but he's learned the lesson. He learned he's learning on the job. Like yeah. you know, he's 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 playing first team football, probably in a, another club he'd be on the bench, maybe. And mm. I and I think it's brilliant. I think it, you know, I would never criticize any of these young lads going out there and doing what they're doing because they you know they they've been thrown in it together under a, you know horrendous circumstances and I'm proud of all of them as a, as a fan you know they're going out there and they're competitive as a team 
you know, we're going to lose games because that's where we're at as a club and that's where we're at as a players. But, you, you know, you look at, you know, Lewis Wing has been an absolute leader for the team um, this season. And, and you know, you, I think we'll be, uh, be OK and I think Shrewsbury will be OK because there's enough quality about both teams to stay up. And, you know, we've got goals. Sam Smith only got a goal yesterday after a bit of a drought. Um, the only thing for us is, you know, that is injuries, you know. So, mm. yesterday, you know, maybe it was one game too far, you know, because with a small squad, you're literally relying on the same 16 players and they're going to get tired. They're going to get, you know, worn out. So, they've got a week off now before we go to Carlisle. For the big one. <laughs> for the big one. Um, if you well, could give the... I'm sending up a case of... Um, Cider to the, the Carlisle teams, a thank you, mate. So, if you can just give that to them about 10 to 3. He's a Thatcher's. He's a Thatcher's. I don't think that uh, being under the influence, players being under the influence, would actually hurt us too much anyway. <laughs> sometimes they look at Ivan, sometimes might, I wonder. Might spark something, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, you know, that's, it's a game at the time. Look, I'm joking aside, but like, and that's, that's the next battle for the team. Yeah. You know, I and mean, every week's a battle. And, uh, you know, we're behind them and we'll, you know, we're proud of them. Um, well, one thing I will say though is, I, if, I mean, if somebody had predicted that at the start of the season that Reading would be four points above Charlton Athletic by the end of February, I'd have laughed. I, I genuinely would have laughed at them. Um, mm. And they are, I mean, that's obviously an indictment on Charlton's season, but it's still just crazy. And as you said, Johnny, you think you, I do think there's enough quality there to keep you up this season and the, the game next week against Carlisle will be massive three points there and you'll be you know you could overtake the likes of, of Wickham and maybe even Exeter and you'll be level on points with Wigan if they drop points as well and they're playing Bolton obviously during the week I just yeah I, I think you'd be okay the squad is, is good enough and I think Sayers is a good enough manager and he's proved that this season I actually think he's done a tremendous job and if he manages to keep Reading in League One Genuinely, I, 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 I've, I've said this all season I'd vote manager of the season because I think mm. <laughs> no one else would have survived that the, no, the, the no, stuff that's been thrown his way. He's a decent guy and he's doing mm. his best and he's learning on the job and, you know, big respect to him. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now... Back to the podcast. Next up on the running order, we have Port Vale, and and they hosted Lincoln City at the weekend. We had 
Gary being pictured in the crowd as well. I think he actually put it on the Stacey West site, <laughs> uh, singing his heart out with his with his glasses on. But I mean, like, where to start with this one? Bar, bar the opening goal with true Joe Taylor. Shocking. It is Shocking. unbelievable. Genuinely, one of the most comical goals I think I've seen this season. We've seen many some some poor goals, some silly mistakes, back passes, etc. I mean, I. I I even saw not to bring up Carlisle again, Ivan, but I remember the. I was going to say, how many do you want to hear of what we've but The one that stands out for me to Carlisle was the, the throw in to the goalkeeper when he takes a heavy touch. And then I think he. Yeah. I don't think it, it, the goal came from like, the penalty, wasn't it? He got sent off. Yeah, there's, there's, there's been too many, to be yeah. fair. I don't, I don't like to be reminded too often. No, it's just the one that always stands out. But this one is unbelievable. I mean, Nathan Smith, they have a free kick and he decides to take, take it quickly for some reason, two minutes in, and <laughs> puts the ball down tries to square it and and Joe Taylor just stands there touches like gets receives the ball like, almost like he was a player for Port Vale receives the ball every it's everything you're told not to do as a defender he's yeah. done it's unbelievable Quick free kick play it across your box <laughs> don't put any power on it yeah. and then uh, and yeah, I literally I'm... said this to you off camera like you have a, a 3v1 there you have the two centre halves and the goalkeeper and you've still You've still managed to play it to Joe Taylor. That is fascinating. Yeah. Genuinely, that's unbelievable. I mean, at two minutes in as well, you know, Darren Moore <laughs> would have told him to go, Lincoln on a great run of form, just keep it tight, lad. We, you know, don't concede, and we'll try and, and and stay in it two minutes later, and you give away a goal like that. I mean, it's so disappointing because I think Lincoln City probably maybe deserved the win. I mean, Porfield had more shots, but they they had the same number of shots on target before. But like when you consider that. The second goal was a penalty, and the first goal was that you could have picked up a point. That is going to be huge, especially in a relegation battle like that. When Cheltenham Town picked up points, and you've Shrewsbury picked up points, and just crazy to give away a goal like that. Anyway, I actually thought not to criticise Joe Taylor. I actually thought he could have hit it earlier, but he made sure he was in the right position because the guy he, he kind of let the goalkeeper get back into position a little bit, and yeah. Then, Managed to score anyway, and he, he converted the opportunity. That's two goals in just two matches now for Joe uh, Joe Taylor. And then Rico Hackett Fairchild he scored a penalty late on in the game to to put it to bed. Really, a really disappointing evening for Port Vale. Whereas Lincoln City they are now unbeaten in eight games, and they have four wins and five, which is crazy. And I know the Lincoln lads listening to this podcast will be absolutely delighted. And they're, <laughs> I've already seen stuff on. On, on on Twitter about them getting into the playoff, but I mean they're still in. The, I mean they're in the conversation because they're only three points off Leighton Orient. So if Leighton Orient's in the conversation, Lincoln City are as well. But mm. Sour Northampton Town maybe, but like I just don't mm. think so. Unless I mean they they could. They've I mean they've done it before. What was it? Uh, was it two seasons ago they got into the the playoffs again? I think they lost to to Blackpool in the final. Like I just mean. Yeah, I I don't think they will, but I I, I know the the Lincoln City boys will be. How how different would the analysis of this game been if it had been Charlie or Chris on this week? <laughs> <laughs> like we don't get. I don't think I get it. Like we could win the league. <laughs> but that being said, I mean, like one thing that does impress me about Lincoln City is that they don't concede many goals. No, they, like, they have. Yeah, yeah, they've only conceded. 32 goals this season. They've conceded less than any other side outside of the playoffs. And only Portsmouth and Derby County have conceded fewer goals this season than Lincoln City. For a team that are 10th in the league, to have the third best defence, that is really impressive. And I always say this, everyone everyone wants really 
wonderful attacking football and you want to press high and build out from the back, whatever, fine, cool. But if you're not conceding goals, you still have a chance. You will always have a chance. And they can say you give themselves a chance. And I think that's why they are doing so well at the moment because they don't concede many goals. They don't concede many opportunities, many good opportunities, I should say. They don't concede many good opportunities. But and they, and they keep themselves in games. They capitalise on on certain situations like like Joe Taylor's goal and the penalty late on. They capitalise on those, those those chances, and I mean they picked up a massive three points. And, and now they face Shrewsbury Town at home on Tuesday, and then Stevenage at home on Saturday. So come this time next week, I mean if Lincoln the two home games, if they picked up six points, the conversation is very different, and we look foolish, which is fine. I mean I don't want any, I don't want any club to do badly. Absolutely fine. We look like we look like Phils, and that's fine. I'm sure whether it be Charlie or whoever's on here ranting and raving and and you know tendering deep on the podcast next week if they have picked up six points from six. But uh, I just want to say as well, Hackett Fairchild is now uh, their joint top goal scorer with only five goals, which isn't isn't wonderful. I think that's one thing as well. The kind of the downside, I suppose, of Lincoln City. They've only scored thirty seven but they've conceded 32. So they don't score many, but they don't concede many. And that's why they keep themselves in games. For Port Vale, they've picked up three losses in three games uh, under Darren Moore since he took over the club. Really not a good start considering he's on a five and a half year deal. At, uh, Crazy. It's, it, it, it's unbelievable. for like You know what really baffles me? And I like Darren Moore. I think Darren Moore is a really good good manager. I think he's done a great job at most teams he's been with. Huddersfield didn't quite go so well, but they didn't fall into the relegation zone, which I suppose is, is something. One thing that baffles me is that the average lifespan of a manager in in a job, not lifespan, but the, you know, the average tenure of a manager is something like seven to eight, eight months. Where on earth? Unless, I mean, name me managers... Right now in English football that have, have, have lasted five plus years. There's not many. You've like Thomas Frank, you've Jurgen Klopp, you've Pep. There's Reed. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon uh, Simon Weaver. Weaver yeah. 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 Simon Weaver. You've a couple. I, I, that's the only one that I can really yeah. think of. You have a couple though. Yeah. For a League One club that have really struggled this season to hand someone a five and a half year deal is baffling. And the only way it makes sense if is if they know they're going down or they, they feel they're going down. Yeah, then they're going to leave more in charge, and I would hope they leave in charge because I'd imagine the compensation package is going to be fierce for a club like Port Vale if they were to relieve him of his duties at the end of the season with five years remaining on his current how contract. Get, how do you decide that? I, maybe, I, maybe that was his terms. I have absolutely no idea. I really don't. Maybe it was his terms saying that you know if I'm to drop down to a League One relegation battle, I want to have at least a good contract, and they've clearly said absolutely. No problem at all. I think we're in the wrong yeah. job, lads. So I think we really need to go yeah. and get ourselves a career, but you know, get bring our coaching careers back. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's, just, it's unbelievable. It really is. But that being said, they have a huge game on Tuesday against Fleetwood Town at home, and if they pick up three points there, they could go on a run of form. Unfortunately, they have an away trip to Pride Park on Saturday against Derby County, who are chasing the title. Really not ideal, and. The five-and-a-half-year contract was baffling at the time. As I said, I actually really like Darren Moore as a coach. I just don't think any club should hand anyone a five-and-a-half-year deal at this level because it's such a an insecure level, if that makes sense, in terms of managerial jobs. I mean, already this season, look how many... Man- like, 
Fleetwood Town are on their third manager, Port Vale are on their second, Cheltenham Town second, Charlton third. Like, it's unbelievable. And you have a team that are down there amongst all that. And that. Some, some managers are on their third job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, Neil Harris on his third job. It's just unbelievable. But anyway, look, I have to rant about someone. It was Wofford earlier. It's, it's Port Vale now. <laughs> Ivan, over to you for what was probably... Usually I put goalless draws at the very end of the running order. I didn't put this goalless draw at the end for this podcast based on the fact that first half is kind of exciting. I don't know how that ended goalless, but talking to this one, Charlton Athletic nil, Portsmouth nil. I was going to say, when I saw that you'd given me a, a nil-nil, I was like, oh, great, cheers to that one. <laughs> that actually, like, one of the best yeah. draws I've probably, like, watched, yeah. well, at least watched the highlights of. Um, it's not an ideal result for Portsmouth, but I think given the results around them, they they probably won't be too annoyed. I mean, yeah. you're always going to be a bit annoyed if you drop points, especially to a team in the in the form of Charlton, I guess. But I think they they would do a they would do a game Portsmouth where they may not have played as well. But mm. like on another, on, I mean, on another day, I'll get onto it. Like how many goals could have been scored? But yeah, how, yeah, a nil nil. Watching the highlights, you wouldn't expect Charlton on. I mean, albeit they're, they're not winning, they they do look to have improved a bit under Nathan Jones. Um, they've drawn each of their last three games against Lincoln, who's at 10th, mm. Bolton, who's at 3rd, and Portsmouth, who are top. To me, that's good enough form to think that they can stay up when they play uh, some of the teams in the bottom half. It's just all about can they actually get three points on the board? And I think Jones will be wanting to do that sooner rather than later. I think, yeah, he's, he's steadied that ship, but He'll just want to be getting getting a win as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, with they've got they played thirty four games. You look at the two teams below them: Cheltenham, Port Vale, both on thirty two. Fleet would have played thirty four, and Carlisle were relevant, but we played thirty three. Um, but it's Cheltenham and Port Vale both having two games in hand of them, which probably is quite worrying, um, given that Cheltenham are one point below and Port Vale are three points below them. Um, but I do think a win's on the horizon for them fairly uh, fairly soon. Saying that, they do face Derby County next week. Um, and then Northampton as well, away. But if, they, if they've drawn with Portsmouth and Bolton, then why can't they draw with Derby? Yeah. Um, they are the draw kings, I guess you can call them, of the division. I think that was their 13th of the year. Um, but also, they're going to look at this as a game like they wouldn't have expected to get any sort of point from. Um I'd say the, be- the best opportunity probably fell to Danny Carnu um, in the first half uh, to put Charlton ahead. His shot agonisingly bouncing back off the post goes like not across the goal mouth, but it's in that position where if you've got an attacker following in, it's going in the back of the net straight yeah. after. Um, and yeah, I think that that's the one I'll highlight as being, if that had gone in, then I reckon it could have been about three all or something like that. Uh, <laughs> But there was some fine goalkeeping on show from both keepers and that's why it has finished at nil-nil. But on another day, it could have been, yeah, like I said, two-all, three-all. Mm. Yeah. Um, but for child for Charlton, it's a very good result. I mean, at home, it's just the fact that they've actually only won seven games all season, which only Fleetwood and Carlisle have won less than. I think it's that's why they're so... Oh, so near the bottom is because they can't win games and they're going to have to turn a couple of wins sooner rather than later because they've got 12 games left. Point, if they say they drew all 12 left, 
that puts them on 46 points and I just don't know if that will quite keep them up. But um, it's, an, it's encouraging signs. As for Portsmouth, I still think they'll win the title. They've still got Bolton and Derby to play, mm. which is uh, two massive yeah. games. And uh, you've got to think if they win one of, if not both of those, I mean, if they win both of those, they're going to be out of oh, touch. Yeah. But it's over, yeah. Even, even winning one of those, I still think they'll, they'll be in a good position. Um, yeah, it's... Like I said, it's not an ideal, but it's also not a loss for them. They keep a nice bit of bit of form going, and then they've got Oxford on Saturday, who I said earlier. I think they can beat fairly easily, and mm. I, yeah, I just think Portsmouth do look quite good. And on another day, would have had quite a few goals in that. I still can't believe looking at Charlton where they are on the table. I mean, like the fact that they've lost or that they've won fewer games in Port Vale and Shelton Town mm. is bizarre. Like this is a team that we as an organisation, the real EFL, predicted before the season would be in the playoff race and they've only picked up seven wins all season. As you said, Ivan, only Carlisle and Fleet would have fewer. I mean, that's absolutely bizarre. But things are looking up at the moment, but they have to get through the next week because two away games against Derby and Northampton Town is not ideal. But if they pick up maybe, if they pick up a win, I mean, they're in games, it would be absolutely huge. Johnny, over to you for... A tense game down the bottom of the table, which took place actually on Friday night. I think Cheltenham Town will be the more disappointed considering they took the lead in the game. It is Wigan Athletic 1, Cheltenham Town 1. Do you think it was a fair result or, or did do you think one of the sides deserved to come away with all three I points? Think, I, I think, you know, Cheltenham are fighting for their lives. They're unreal. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, manager of the year. If Daryl Clark keeps them up this season, I'd happily take Ruben Sellers if he keeps us up as second place because that's unreal yeah. after what you know, the start of the season. Eleven games out of a goal. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, they they are they they, they came out again like we said about Shrewsbury, like they were fired up from kickoff, came out, you know, scored early. Um, whether it's a free kick or not, I'm not sure. You take your chances. Plan tickle wasn't laughing goal. Ho ho. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was you know. They, they were on top. Then, you know, Maloney changed the team at half-time. Um, you know, he's obviously fed up with Washington's Wigan weren't doing much. Three, three tubs. Um, changed the game for them. Um, you know, they got the goal back. Um, but it wasn't really... It was a huge deflection to, to get the goal. Um, but it, Wigan really didn't deserve to win that game. Uh, it was... Again, it's one of those games you go, well, you, you take a draw. Like we can we can, you know, after all the points deductions for them, mid table for them is is a huge achievement. And you know, that's that's where they're at. And and just go, okay. For Cheltenham, a point away at Wigan, you'd definitely taken that before the game. Um, I d I don't think honestly they deserved to to win. You know, it was one of those games where they kind of cancelled each other out and um, but I, I just think, you know, for Cheltenham, it's another point on the, you know, you look at them in the table now and they're, they're, they're kind of flying along um, where I was, I was just looking at earlier, but they, you know, they're the fourth and bottom, mm. you know, there's them and Port Bale got a bit of a gap to Fleetwood Town and sorry, Ivan, <clears throat> yeah. um, I know you say Cheltenham, you know, Port Vale are in, you know, free fall at the minute. Fleetwood are kind of going on to them in a bit later, but there, there's a bit more fight going on there. And, you know, Cheltenham are getting sucked in. But Cheltenham, Cheltenham have, uh, you know, they've got, um, that's it, next week, Wickham away, I think. And then, sorry, no, in the week, they've got Wickham away. And then yeah. the 
phone at home. From two big games. Yeah, two big games. But yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't count them out of that at the minute because there's that spirit there. Like at the start of the season, we're going, where the hell are they going to get a goal? But at the minute, like they, they did it against Reading when we played them away. You know, they they were on fire for the start. Mm. You know, nice to get a point. But you, you know, it's there's something there about them that Daryl Clark's put into that team that they're they they're, they're fighting for their lives. And you go, wow, you know, they're they're competitive. Um, was I think um, I'm trying to look at the, the stats. But the fact that they're five, not defeating five the, games. Yeah, but the fact and that like, they they don't have the worst attack in League One is 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 amazing because obviously Shrewsbury Town and Exeter City have the worst attacks in League One. But the fact that well, apart from they play Reading, but, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the fact that they don't have the worst attack in League One after that start of the season is, is genuinely. Mind-blowing, yeah. man. But yeah. I just wanted to say as well about Wigan before we we move on. They they're a bit of a strange team, but sometimes yeah. I like to to check myself almost because they did have an eight point deduction, and if they didn't have that, they'd be above Lincoln now. They'd be tenth, which well, is don't tell the lads on the podcast. No, I know, but yeah, of course. <laughs> not, but if, if we're talking about if we were ha- if we had a Lincoln in the conversation yeah. for the playoffs, they would have been if they didn't get a minus eight. You know, so yeah. but I, I just think they're sometimes strange like two wins and five but they've only lost one but it's like win win two draw and then lose it must, two and... it must be hard though as you know like from being a Reading fan you know you've got points deductions it's not your fault as a player yeah and and you're going out there and you're like well we, we shouldn't be in this position as a team for Wigan mm. or whoever and you're like well, we could have been like you said that conversation do players have that conversation yeah. go, God, God we could have been in the playoffs if, if you mm. had, if didn't have the eight points because that's it's not about the ownership, it's about the team on the pitch. And that yeah. team on the pitch has done so well for Wigan. And like if if they had those eight points, but they like firing on to get into the playoffs, but now they're kind of mid table. But mm. I think as a fan, you go, that's what we're dealt with. You take it. And I think you now for next season for Wigan, there's definitely a you know, hopefully for them a chance to to build and, and, and move up. Well, one team who are maybe in the conversation for the playoffs is Northampton Town after they picked up a very, very nice three points away at Borton Albion at the weekend. I mean, like, ugh, I feel like we're saying everyone's in the conversation now, but I just feel like you're, if you're, I mean, they're what? They're, they're, they're nine points, which is still a lot, to be fair, but they have a game in hand on Oxford United. I just think we have to talk about them because they've done, I mean, John Brady's done an unbelievable job this season. And again, I know, Trust me, Ivan, the League 2 podcast next year is going to be elite so, because you won't feel as bad. But when I say certain things, I almost feel guilty because I know you're here. But <laughs> Northampton Town, Leighton Orient and Stevenage all were promoted as well and they are in the top 11, which I think is... I knew that, I knew that was coming. I have to... I, yeah, I, just, I almost feel bad because it's like... He doesn't like it, though, does he, Ivan? He still brings it no, up. He never holds back. But he, to be <laughs> fair, he's quite, it is quite amazing. Like You look at... I mean, we know that League One's not that strong this year. But still, to have three of the four promoted teams in the top eleven at the minute, and the other one to be absolutely rubbish. Uh, I was being I was being select, uh, quite selective of my word there, uh, being rubbish at the bottom of the table. But I mean, yeah, fair play to all Northampton, Orient, and and Stevenage. I thought I thought Northampton especially might struggle this season, but yeah, yeah. what do, what do I know about football? They've they've actually they've impressed me so much. I mean, I've often said this that. I, I I don't think any team in the league wants to face Northampton Town and I still stand by that. They do concede more goals than 
they should, which was somewhat surprising because when they lose games, really not by much. It's maybe a goal or two where they manage to, to get a draw, but they do concede more than they probably should. I mean, they've conceded more than Burton Albion this season, which is quite surprising. But that being said, they got a clinchy on Saturday. They picked up a nice 2-0 win. Mark Leonard, who has been actually linked in the past two weeks with a move to Portsmouth, depending on whether they got promotion on a couple of other sides, opened the scoring in the 22nd minute with a goal that somehow went down as his goal. I'm sorry. I, I like Mark Leonard. I think Mark Leonard is a really, really talented player. But that goal is just as... It, it, that should have been an on goal for Inciala. Absolutely. He strikes it from range. It clearly takes a massive deflection and goes to the opposite end of the goal and, and trickles past the goalkeeper, trickles past Max Crocombe. He, he he did claim the goal. That's absolutely fine. Mitch Pinnock got the assist. And then he got himself on the court score sheet in the 36th minute. Uh, that's his. He now has 14 goal contributions this season. Mitch Pinnock, which is unbelievable. Done so, so well. Whereas Mark Leonard, he has five goals and four assists. It's now two wins in three games for Northampton Town. They are 15 points above the relegation zone. So I would say... It's obviously mathematically still possible for them to go down, but I think job done there. I don't think they're going to go down, obviously. And maybe they'll make a late push for the playoffs, but they themselves have a big game on Saturday against Charlton Athletic, and Charlton will certainly be up for that because they are scrapping at the bottom of the table. Whereas for Borton Albion, it's their first loss in three games. They are five points above the relegation zone. They have the fifth worst attack in League One, and their top goal scorer, Lubala, has jo- uh, joined Wickham. And he was their top goal scorer with five goals, but he's now no longer with the club. They face Carlisle United on Tuesday in what is a, a really big game for the Brewers and then have another massive game away at Cheltenham Town. I mean, if you if they fail to win both of those games, they don't have to win both, but if, if you don't win either, I think Burton Albion will find themselves in trouble. But again, I feel like I say this about a different team every week. It's still <laughs> but the times running out, I suppose, in in in, in League One. Ivan, I wish we didn't have to, but oh, we didn't have to. Yeah. It's Bristol Rovers 2, Carlisle United won four wins this season. I know, but uh, positive, you took the lead and could have taken the lead again, actually, during the game. You know, it was another really good chance from a set piece uh, or a cross. Or talking through this one, uh, is it, it was a, 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 okay, you might, you may not stay up, but was it a positive performance at least? Um, I would say, so I've got a few mates who I went to the game with, well, I say went to the game with, they're Bristol Rovers fans, so they're in Bristol Rovers end. Um, and I said to him, at, I sent a message at half-time, like, this is the best I've seen us play this season, which I think says, says a lot. I mean, people can probably tell my from my accent, I do not live in Carlisle. Uh, so I've not actually seen us win this year because I've only been doing away games. Um, I think that's my ninth game this year. Uh, and I think it's eight losses and one draw. But I also don't think many people in our fan base have seen us win this year, so it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, prob- the problem is for me now is just like we know. I think everyone in our fan base knows that we are down. I'd be very mm. surprised if anyone thinks we can stay up, and I'm also why that's just now what the players are thinking, um, which I know isn't. I mean, they're being paid to do a job, so you'd expect them to be giving their all. But I also think, I mean, it's like if we're relegated in. I don't know what, early April, I think. I think we've got Cheltenham on the 7th of April. And I think that could be the game where we go down. Mm. Um, uh, 
I just think there's we like it's just the thing that annoys me so much is like last year we weren't that good of a team. It's just we had so much like well, we had so much fight in us. And this year there's absolutely none of it. Um but it was good fun for the first like thirty minutes, went one nil up. Josh Vella, very nice finish actually. I could not believe that he'd got in when I saw the net bulge, I was like, oh my God. Um I think he's been he's been a good signing for us. I think he's obviously replaced Owen Moxon, who I should have said in the Pompey game, he had an absolutely unreal strike, uh, which was saved, but that's not really relevant. Um, but Vela looks good, especially at the level. We don't have many players proven in League One, although he will be playing in League Two next year. Um, he does look quite a good asset. Um, and the same goes for Harrison Neal, who we got off Sheffield United. I cannot believe he didn't get more. I think he played like six or seven games for Stevenage. Mm-hmm. And like, not sure how many Stevenage fans listen to this, but. I'd love to know how, I know they're way better than us, but I'd love to know how he didn't get any more minutes because he is, I, well, he's not going to get our player of the season, but I don't know if they can even give it out this year. Um, but I, I do think like we, we look, it's the, it's the two it's the two midfielders, them two. I put a tweet out yesterday and I got a bit of, well, no, I wouldn't say backlash, but I think it was a bit of a boring midfield of them two and Callum Guy. Um, and it's, Someone said about we've got no ball carriers, which is fair, but as you think, we'll be fine in League Two without midfield. But um, yeah, um, this is just me just saying we are going to be in League Two. Uh, before before you ask about should we get rid of Simo, if that was a potential question, I'd keep um, Paul Simpson in the job. But it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense to get rid of him there. It just would uh, be think, nonsense. I think it'd be the stupidest decision possible. It's Forty only... points, you know. Is uh, why? Yeah. Unless Big Sam's coming in, there's just no point. You're just not going to. No one's going to claw that back. Wayne, Wayne Rooney till the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, just you know what I mean. It'd be pointless. Like I just what the actually the question I was going to ask. Well. Yeah, give yeah, yeah, five and a half year deal. Yeah, <laughs> till the end might, of the, the end of the up. decade. Um, but I just, I just don't see why there's no point in sacking him at this point. I I mean I wouldn't sack him anyway. Like we we've done so well to even be in League One, but um, I do think like if he's our manager next year, we'll be just fine in League Two. Um, Going on to, sorry, I should actually mention Bristol Rovers. Chris Martin, I said, would definitely score against us because I knew that I was doing this and I am not doing a Coldplay joke. But Giovanni, Giovanni Brown, the assist, is he sends Sam Lavelle to the shops. And like, as soon as he, as soon as he spun it, I was like, yep, this is going to be a goal. And it's a, it's a great finish by Martin. Um, yeah, it's, uh, he, he did very well. And then I think from, from that, I was just like, can we just get to half time at one all? Um, so we did, but then what was it? I think five minutes off after half time, Scott Sinclair, who I completely forgot, played for Bristol Rovers <laughs> until, I, until I got told. Uh, I forgot he played told before the game. My one of my mates, I don't know if he'll be listening, but he uh, he said he saw Scott Sinclair in a gym in Bath about three games before the de- uh, three days before the game, and that that reminded me that he does still indeed play football. And then of course he'd go on to score. <laughs> With a fairly good finish, but I'm not 100% convinced by the goalkeeping from Harry Lewis. But I'm not even going to talk about goalkeepers for us because, uh, yeah, we've had four different ones. And I'd say the only one that's been any good, or not any good, I don't think Harry Lewis is awful. But Gabe Breeze, who's a 20-year-old, he might be 21 now. He's the academy product. He's the only one I think's covered himself in his sort of glory. Um from a perspective, I don't actually think we deserved anything from it. We played well the first 30 minutes, but apart from that, uh, we were, we weren't, we just don't create enough. Um, it's better than last week. Obviously, we got smacked by Cambridge. 
Um, but we are fairly doomed. Um, Bristol Rovers are saying um, to Matt Isles, who's on, well, when it's not you presenting, it's always him. And he was saying about just how inconsistent um, the Rovers are this season. I think I, this might be wrong, but I think in their last six home, before our game with them yesterday, the last six home games, I think they'd mm. lost five of them or something like that. They just, their problem is they, they're in that weird bit now where they've just got nothing to play for as well because I'm not adding them to the list of teams that could make the playoffs because I don't think they will. Um, no. But I mean, they, they, they've done okay. It's like they're going to be in mid-table this season. Uh, they didn't look anything special to me, but I think they've got, well, they, they've got potential to finish in the top, maybe the top 10 might be their, their limit. But as I say, Matt Taylor's not done a bad job there, but he's not done an excellent one. So, yeah, I, I I can't really say much else apart from I've just looked on my screen and I've wrote down it's Carlisle two, Bristol Rovers one. So <laughs> I might might have done that last night after a few drinks. You know, so, the power yeah. thatches. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's a new ground ticked off for me and one I'm not going to be serious playing next season by the looks of it. You all upset me, Ivan. Sam Smith and Chris Martin scored in the same week for the first time since I think October. And I wasn't allowed to make a single joke because you were on the podcast this week because you get Good. all pissy. You get all pissy. Good. That's what happens. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just want to say that. I'm like, I'm not doing it against my <laughs> <laughs> Just as well, you said, you know, the players are probably giving up because they know they're going down. It's a bit like, I mean, I understand it in one sense because it's a bit like, if, if, you know, if you're in an office job and the manager tells you like we're we're going bankrupt and you're all going to lose your job soon and and in like a month or two you're not really going to put in much effort are you but mm. on the other hand like it's it's also your fault that you're there you're all it's, it's all like in a weird way football it's like it's your fault that they're going bankrupt that they're going down almost so it's, it is strange mm. you think that would i just don't think the players are probably good enough Ivan. i think that unfortunately no, I, I mean you look you look at our team and it's it was what I was saying about Josh Vella being one of the most proven players on our team. It's, yeah. We've just got... Uh, I think our problem is, I, I love Greg Abbott. He's our head of recruitment, ex-manager, but I think the recruitment in summer was mm-hmm. fairly poor. I'm just trying to think of who we signed. It was like Jack Robinson, Ben Barkley, yep. someone else. It was like all uh, Alfie McCalmer, all players that we had had on loan spells in League in League 2. They weren't exactly getting loads of minutes in League 2 mm-hmm. and then we bring them into League 1. And even like you look at our January window, I think Luke Armstrong is a good buy, but he doesn't get the service. Jack Diamond, he didn't really get into the game too much yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a few other signings that we've made, which they just don't really make too much sense to me. But yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously not our year. I'd like us to, well, I mean, I hope we can pick up at least one more win this season, uh, preferably when I... Next I Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be quite funny, but uh, oh, I don't. I mean, we. I think we owe Reading. We know Reading owe us something after we gave you that five-one win. Um, <laughs> might be, might be the role might be reversed next week. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just think oh, I'm looking forward to being on the League Two podcast next year, where we might actually win a couple. You might of actually games. win a couple of games. You'll be all happy, <laughs> and we'll see a happy smiley either. Yeah, um, no, like anyone that's listened to this will be probably fed up with boring. <laughs> Relegated from a podcast and relegated from the league as well. That's harsh, mate. That's a, Great, that's isn't a it? double yeah. header, is it? <laughs> Johnny, a team that are just above Carlisle in the table is Fleetwood Town. They, yeah. I think, three points is just necessary for them at the moment and unfortunately they didn't manage to do that they did manage to pick up a point though from one nil down 
against Exeter City. Before we talk about Exeter, do you think? I mean, they've they've looked okay in the past few games, Fleetwood. To be fair to them, I think Boson Lawal, the Irishman in the midfield, on loan from Celtic, he's done a really good job, and he was probably one of the better players yesterday on the pitch. Do you think they're down as well, or or, or... this fight there, this fight? Like mm-hmm. you know, they they played this the other week, and you know, ninety fifth minute equaliser. Yeah, um, you know, th- there's there's spirit there. You can see Charlie Adam yesterday. He you know he, he wasn't happy. He wasn't impressed with the way the team was going. I think he made four subs at half time, changed mm. things around. Um, you know, there's a guy like something like that as a he's, he's new into management. Um, he's having an effect. I think there's definitely something there, and if the gaps, a big gap. Next game they've got, I was looking at they got Port Vale. Yep. That's huge. That's yep. that's that's a big one for them, isn't it? Like you're looking mm. at what what they can do. Um, as a club, I wouldn't count them out. I, 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 there's a there's a gap that they've got to catch up, but they they don't score enough goals. Yeah, there's that. Um, they concede too many. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, you know, Exeter. We, you know, we talked about. We, we, there's another team of ours that we've talked for a whole season of being good, bad, good, bad, good, mm. bad, good, bad, because they started off so well. Yeah, I think they're I think they're safe from from relegation. On I think it's forty points now. I, I can't see them going down. They seem to have turned a bit of a corner. They'll they'll, they'll get enough points to stay up. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 really it's such a hard one to pick. You know, they they've got a couple of games in hand on teams maybe, but um, yeah, I think you know Charlie's got a you know he's the next Reading player as well. Been around been around the block for lots of different teams. And he's installed something in them. There's a definite fight there. That's a positive if they go down, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But will he, will he want to manage in the next league playing against Ivan's team? I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, but yeah, I, I look. I I think you know extra. You know, they 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 fought and you know they've had to bring young players in and um, it's. No, I don't know what to say. They were a little fortunate, in fairness, Exeter, to pick yeah, up a point because, yeah. like, when you look at the shots, they had uh, they had six shots in total. Yeah, three were outside the box. One was at the halfway line, just inside. Yeah, just inside. Like it's crazy, and like yeah. I, I hate, I hate like swarming people with XG, but the XG stats were like zero point three nine to yeah, Exeter yeah. to one point three one to Fleetwood. And you just think you're very fortunate to kind of get away with that. Yeah. And Harvard, is that the latest is that the latest you've ever mentioned XG in a podcast? I think that's first I think so. Yeah. 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 Today it's a penultimate game. Yeah, the penultimate game and I mentioned it because usually it's like every game. Then I thought some people don't like, like XG, so I won't swarm them with it. That's old people who don't understand what XG is. Like you know, that's what it is for us. I mean, like, like they had half a score his first goal for him for Exeter. But there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, again, it's for them. It's looking for next season. I think they have to build and and you know look at what they got. Obviously, you know, limited resources where they are as a club. Um, Fleetwood. I don't. I don't think they'll stay up. I, I really don't. I just think there's a gap there. I think they're not. Mm. There's not enough quality in the team. They'll fight for it, and you know, you got you know scary Charlie Adams shouting at you every day. You kind of going, "Well, I'm trying my best, boss." 
Um, but yeah, yeah, look, it's but then like we'll be on here again in three weeks, and the whole conversation's completely changed again, and we've yeah. just completely annihilated teams, and then we're building them up in three weeks' time. So there you go. Just speaking of of actually, actually, before we move on to the last game, he couldn't uh, help himself, could he? No, no, but but. <laughs> Sky Sports had uh, NPXG on the other day, which is non-penalty XG, and I swear, my grand my grandfather nearly fell out of his chair. Non-penalty like, XG, yeah, it's non-penalty XG. So it's it's all so like a, a penalty in XG is like zero point seven seven, roughly on average. On the X, in XG means you have a seventy seven percent chance of score on the penalty. So when when non-penalty XG doesn't take into account the penalties, it's just all open play shots and set pieces, etc. Not penalties. Um, and yeah, he nearly fell off his chair. I'm trying to explain playing that to a man who's 76 in like three months was uh, not wonderful. I'm not, I'm not far off that, man. I've already lost. <laughs> As the next goalkeeper, you had to save it or you don't. That's what you did, right? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, the last game we will discuss is, uh, I actually took the, the courtesy to take this myself because usually I throw it on someone else, but it is. Stevenage won Wickham Wanderers. Neil Stevenage managed to get back to winning ways. This is their first win in five matches they have slipped up and probably at a bad time because Oxford United have been dreadful lately and they could have easily gone a few points clear of Oxford United had a couple of results gone their way a, a really late defeat against Derby County as well will be massively disappointed for Steve Evans during the week but they got back to winning ways Anna Kalinchi 1-0 they now move within one point of Oxford United with two games in hand as well which is always a bonus if they win them. They face Cambridge United at home on Tuesday and Lincoln City away on Saturday. Just speaking about the events of the game, Carl Carl Piergiani, he scored his fourth of the season. Through a really, really nice little left foot finish into the bottom right-hand corner. Really, really nice finish. The ball was laid off to him and he, he I think it was, was it I can't remember who laid it off to him now, but he laid it off to him just back to goal, laid it off, and he just finished it beautifully with his left foot into the bottom corner. For Wickham Wanderers, it's zero wins and two losses in three. They are five points above the relegations on a very inconsistent side, and they have a really tough run of games. Thankfully, they are at home in both Cheltenham Town at home on Tuesday and Barnsley at home on Saturday. They lost 1-0 to Stephen as well in the reverse fixture, by the way. But a big incident happened. I actually, I really don't think they deserved anything from the game anyway, so I don't think the red card made much of a difference. But the big incident was the red card for the goalkeeper. It was strange. I mean, there's been some, we said it earlier in the podcast, there's been some awful howlers from goalkeepers. We said this all, all the time. Some terrible, terrible howlers from goalkeepers this season. He comes rushing out and then kind of hesitates but he I think he has plenty of time to get to the ball and the ball's just at him and he <laughs> decides to kind of like cower over into a fetal position and <laughs> and and just obstruct the 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 the, the attacker and, and he, he manages to get himself sent off. It's just so silly. You're chasing a game and like you I suppose you need a win. You're on a poor run of form as I said no wins in three now. And he just he does something as silly as that. I think it was Roberts he obstructed actually uh, when he went over. It was Robert ran through. He came out and it's just it was silly. It was absolutely bonkers. Like he, he could have won the ball, could have put his boot through. Even if he had to put put his boot through and tackled the player, it would have made more sense than what he did. He realized maybe he wasn't getting to the ball. Got really scared of getting sent off and then decided to kind of hunch over 
it was just ridiculous. Roberts went over like a sack of potatoes. It was that was also awful and slightly embarrassing. Yeah, it really didn't help him, but it was also slightly embarrassing. I mean, there's absolutely no way that the contact <laughs> required that much, um, you know, potato sack falling. I suppose I should say, but. Wickham Wanderers really will be really disappointed with that result. And as I said, they probably didn't really deserve much from the game. They only had six shots and one on target. They had less possession than Stevenage, which if you've looked at Stevenage's possession statistics, that is harder to do. Stevenage don't keep the ball very well. Anyway, Stevenage have managed to carry on their chase and their hopes of reaching the playoffs and what an achievement it would be for Steve Evans. Men, gentlemen, we will wrap up the podcast there because we've actually ran well over time. Uh, thank you, Johnny and Ivan. Johnny, what are you doing this week? Work, work, work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's some positive stuff around mental health. Talking Royals, uh, yes. the online peer support group uh, is, is going really well. And it's also, uh, if you want me to mention this, it's Eating Disorder Awareness Week, which I'm a huge part of. And it's a webinar mm-hmm. we're doing here for BodyWise here in Ireland uh, on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Uh, yeah, which is which is means means the world to me. All the mental health stuff it always does. You know, That's amazing. Just, plug yeah. plug your Twitter then, so people can listen. Again. Yeah, I will do. It. I will do. It's Hunter yeah. Royal on on next week thing and talking all on Twitter XE thing. Um, yeah, like I said, but it's put out there. It means the world to me. Uh, make a difference. Thank That's you. brilliant. That's really brilliant, Johnny. And Ivan, what about you? What are your plans for the week? Um, I'm going to a couple of gigs, actually, later on in the week. And I debated, well, I flirted with the idea of going to watch us play Burtis on Tuesday night if we'd beaten Bristol Rovers. <laughs> I'd travelled four hours up, taken half a day of holiday for it to be called off. So I don't Did you really get money back? Gonna... Did you get money back for that? Um, I did not. But I was well, so I was supposed to be in hospitality anyway. I'm going to flex it again, but it's not flex because it didn't even happen. So um, yeah, I I didn't I didn't have to pay for it anyway, so <laughs> I got lucky in that respect. But I will not be going to Burton on Tuesday, given <laughs> that we are just so bad. Well, that is actually probably a smart. Uh, Adam, we have to ask you, mate. What are you doing? Some nice cigarettes up in your part of the world. Well, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm actually, I'm not here, thankfully, um, on Thursday. I'm flying out to Barcelona until the Tuesday because uh, my partner lives over there. So I'm going over to see her to go to, ah, go to Effing Pennies or Primark, whatever it's called. <laughs> absolutely. That's such a date. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And then she was talking to me about some cocktail bar they have over there where you they bring your drink to you on a train. And I said, how much? And the, the, the staff wear like... A, a train driver's uniform and she said I said how much was a cocktail and she said like 18 euro and I said genuinely that is disturbing 18, 18 quid for a cocktail <laughs> well, the, the cocktail price of the train uniform yeah, the, the, the cocktail is 18 quid just for a, a train to bring it to you at your table I couldn't <laughs> give a toss honestly I, I couldn't <laughs> care who brings me my drink 18 quid is ridiculous and I thought Dublin was expensive anyway so that's yeah, exactly I'm, yeah I'm going to uh to Barcelona and I'm right. not on the podcast, obviously. Next week, it will be Matt. And if you, if whoever's listening absolutely hates me, then look at you, because I'm not here next week. It will be Matt. To everyone listening at home, though, make sure to drop us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. It means the world to us. And make sure to tune in on Sunday as we dissect all the weekend results for your wonderful ears once more. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye for now.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates are around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mate's already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.